0: Welcome to Smart in the City, the Baba podcast where we bring together top actors in the smart city arena, sparking dialogues and interactions around the stakeholders and themes most prevalent for today's citizens and tomorrow's generations. I am your host, Tamlin Shimizu, and I hope you will enjoy this episode and gain knowledge and connections to accelerate the change for a better urban life. Smart in the City is brought to you by Bobble Smart Cities. We enable processes from research and strategy development to co-creation and implementation. To learn more about us, please visit the Bobble platform at babel-smartcities.eu. So, welcome back to another episode of the Smart in the City podcast. I am sitting in Babel's hometown of Stuttgart at the world-renowned Urban Future Conference, where we are a proud media partner. Uh, Before we get started, I want to send the organizers a big thank you um, for having us as media partners and getting the opportunity to record with so many great guests. Um, In addition to this being an Urban Future episode, we also have a really great partner, which is helping us connect Spanish cities with other cities in Europe to create more dialogue between the cities. They are, of course, Resi, the national network of smart cities in Spain. So representing Resi from the Spanish side, I have a really, really incredible guest today, um, Ernesto Fabal He's the head of smart city office at the municipality of Valencia. Welcome, Ernesto.
1: Hi, thank you for inviting me to this uh, session.
0: Yeah, absolutely my pleasure. And um, with him today, uh, he has a great counterpart here. Um, The guest of the hour with us is none other than Vladimir Svet. He's the Deputy Mayor of Environment, Urban Construction and Mobility at Tallinn City Government.
2: Hello. Nice to have you here. Nice to be here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so lovely to, to have you here. So um, another reason why this episode is going to be a really fantastic one is because Tallinn is currently the European Green Capital for 2023. And. And Valencia has been awarded this title for next year. So you definitely have to keep listening to, to see these perspectives. Um, so, before I uh, get into the main conversation, I like to have a little teaser question. Um, I was wondering, uh, you you guys actually got the chance to talk last night over dinner and some drinks, too. So, um, I'm really glad that you had that opportunity, because maybe you have a better idea for this question. Um, and it is, what do you think you both have in common?
2: So, I, I think... Um, the thing that we uh, have in common and we also have in common, I believe with a lot of cities across Europe, is uh, the will to make people happier. because you know in the end, when we talk about um, uh, the you know we talk about the uh, carbon problem, when we talk about mobility, when we talk about the digitalization, we actually forget, sometimes forget, what is the final aim? Why are we doing that? And I think that uh, so different cities like Valencia and Tallinn uh, situated in uh, almost opposing parts of uh, of Europe on the, different sides, uh, still I think the, the overall goal is the same. And the second thing I think that we have in common uh, is that um, uh, we respect uh, green territories in the city. And actually for us, Valencia is a big uh, inspiration on how to create this kind of big linear parks that uh, create sort of a green backbone for the whole city infrastructure. Yeah, for us it's a very good uh, thing to, to have this, uh, this uh, green capital
1: after you, because for sure we, we will have the opportunity to learn uh, from your experience. Uh, And I fully agree with you that uh, your approach, that uh, at the end, we we have a common goal. We have some enablers, some uh, tools that could uh, make the the big goal uh, to be achieved, but uh, we have different uh, uh, roadmaps uh, to go there. But at the end, we have uh, similar problems. We have a... the goal of reducing the carbon footprint, we want to make the mobility more sustainable, we want a better quality of air and things like that that are closely related to this uh, Green Capital Award uh, achievement.
0: Yeah, so lots of things in common, actually, I'm hearing, so that's good, even though you're on opposite sides of, uh, of Europe, so... Um, different sides, I dif- would
2: not say opposite. Okay, not yeah, opposite yeah, that's, sides, that's different word, sides yeah. of
0: Europe, <laughs> yeah, important point, Um, good, so Vladimir, I'd love to um, ask you a little bit about your background, what can you tell us about your story, your journey that led you to where you are today?
2: Actually, I'm a lawyer, um, mm-hmm. not, a, not an urbanist or a spatial planner or something like that, but I was uh, uh, an active student back at the times, um, involved with uh, youth parties, with some kind of youth councils, stuff like that. Uh, participative democracy on a youth level. And uh, that's why when I finished university, I went to work actually as a lawyer for the uh, children and family rights uh, to the uh, office of the Estonian Ombudsman. Where I dealt with, you know, basic rights and uh, help, try to help people who were um, somehow, uh, you know, lost in the system, especially with these kind of topics. But uh, then um, the party I was active in bet- before that uh, won local elections, and uh, they wanted somebody, so to say, fresh, but with uh, some kind of basic experience. So they invited me. <laughs> and this is how my political career began, like five, five and a half years ago. I was a district elder or a district governor um, in a few districts of Tallinn. And uh, eventually, uh, after last election, um, the guy uh, who was uh, doing the job I'm doing now decided to retire, and somebody had to do the job. So, mm-hmm. so they <laughs> they invited <laughs> me. But yeah, actually, um, you could say that I'm a, like a career politician, but uh, uh, my plan B is to become a lawyer again. Someday. Oh,
0: yes. going back to a lawyer. Yeah, sounds good. Really interesting story. So um, Ernesto, same to you. I want to hear all about your background.
1: Well, I'm a computer engineer and uh, I have been working in the municipality for 28 years. I have been also a part-time teacher at the university. I have developed most of my career in the municipality in urban planning department. It has uh, helped me to understand better the process of, of uh, urban planning and things like that. And uh, my last years, uh, I have been coordinating a smart city project with uh, some focus on some issues like, uh, like, uh, such as energy efficiency, mobility, uh, obviously, ICT. Okay and with a lot of uh, actions from a social perspective. And uh, since September, I'm uh, the, the head of the Smart City Office in the Municipality of Valencia.
0: Very nice. Very interesting backgrounds to both of you. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. questions, actually, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, really? You were a lawyer? Like, well, how did this happen? Like all these things. So, um, Vladimir, can you tell me about what's going on in Tallinn? Like give, give the people some, some stories. What, what's there some exciting projects that's going on? What's the focus? What are some initiatives? What's happening?
2: Well, a lot of things are happening in Tallinn this year. It is partially a coincidence that um, in the very year when we are the green capital we are also bringing to life a number of huge investment projects connected to development of public transport and transforming uh, public space and creating better streets. But the problem is that in process it all means construction, a lot of construction. I mean. People in Stuttgart, I think, are used to uh, (laughs) big, long construction sites. No, really? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, uh, well, a big part of the city center now is uh, dug up and uh, is not a good place um, to drive through, especially with a car, uh, which maybe is sort of a good teaser for the overall uh, direction we are moving to. Um, because there are a lot of people who say like, oh my God, I I mean, I cannot use the car, I have to take the bus or I have to go on foot, I have to take the bicycle. And we're like, yes, that was the initial idea, though we didn't want to get there thanks to the construction process itself. But so, so yes, we have a, a lot of things going on. We have a new protective areas being created in the city because Tallinn has a lot of forests actually on its territory. And uh, even a swamp. Uh, and um, I mean, we are now trying to um, you know move uh, on from just dealing with public Greenland to start protecting also the private one. And of course, um, I mean, that's a, a, that's a big challenge for us because if a person owns a land, and somebody says, now you cannot build here anymore. He's not very happy about that. But I think we're now in the process of transition, in the process of, of uh, going from a city where you could not imagine um, living without a car to a city where a car is just only one alternative. Yes, we share this uh, this perspective also, but if I have to say things
1: about what's happening in Valencia, I could start with we have changed the color of the local government two weeks ago. So hmm. it's a period in a way of uh, uncertainty. So you have a new boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, this week, in fact. So this week was announced the, the councillor for the area in which uh, I'm working in. Uh, but we are confident on that uh, the most relevant things will have a continuity. Um, but uh, obviously, we have this, this issue uh, now t- uh, to deal with. But uh, in last years, we have been in a process of uh, change. We have changed the the, the model of mobility, as uh, Vladimir has uh, said. Uh, the mobility is much more sustainable now than a few years ago. It's much uh, easier uh, to go to ride a bike than to drive a car because. So a, lo- a lot of bike lanes uh, have been built, and uh, we have, a, as uh, you have mentioned before, this green linear park that is—it's uh, a very relevant infrastructure for our city that, con- at the same time, connects and divides the city in in, in two parts, north and uh, north and south. But it connects because uh, you can uh, go with your bike or or, or your e-scooter and. Ride it uh, all across the city, and then go to one or another place. Apart from that, we have uh, had the different uh, relevant issues. That uh, in the last years, for example, we were a uh, uh, world design capital last year. We have been two years uh, finalists of E Capital Awards, so the European Capital of Innovation. Uh, the this last year, smart uh, tourism. European capital so lots of things uh, lots of uh, capitals and <laughs> the final one the the maybe the most relevant one has been the 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 green capital so we are very proud of it and i, I would like to to mention some issues that uh, have been uh, very relevant for achieving that but uh, we could go on with the conversation
0: yeah absolutely i actually wanted to ask you um what is the European Green Capital actually mean? Is it just a title? Like, what does it actually give the city? Um, maybe Vladimir knows a bit about this as hmm. being the current one.
2: Better than me, because uh, <laughs> you're not fact, yet. You yeah. Are, yeah. We are uh, waiting for that. But Well, you know, I think we can talk a lot about, you know, bike lanes and, and greenery and, and trees and uh, like different events happening around that. When I think about uh, what does green capital Title give to me as a politician, as a citizen of the city, then I would say that it is means of saving time. Because in this race um, for reducing our carbon footprint, time is crucial. We can, you know, we can say that yes, these decisions, the changes we have to make, we can make them in five, in ten, and fifteen years. Uh, but that will not be enough Uh, and uh, that would um, lead to the situation where the harm has been done even more and we have to run even more faster so if there are means of saving time for hard decisions and being a green capital it's all about hard decisions and uh, cutting your carbon footprint is all about hard decisions then the title of green capital saves us time that would otherwise um, would go to making these decisions. I like to say that it saved us one political cycle, like a four year time that would take um, otherwise to, you know, discuss, debate, elaborate, these kind of questions that we need to decide. And now as we are the green capital, we have no choice but to do these kind of decisions. Um, And it is a very strong argument in the inner discussion. So I think for people who will come to Tallinn, it will be about events. It will be about the public space that is changing. But uh, the the deep influence is um, the overall understanding that if we are the green capital, we must, you know, decide this, this, this and this. And here are the decisions. Yeah, for us, it's uh,
1: a kind of alignment of strategies because uh, we're also uh, one of the 112 uh, mission cities for being carbon neutral in 2030. It's a very ambitious goal. And, uh, well, all these things that uh, have to <clears throat> have the relation with, uh, with this green capital obviously will affect this, will have an impact on, on this uh, main goal. In fact, most of the policies that uh, the, the local government has in, at this moment are oriented to, to this uh, ambitious uh, goal of uh, being carbon neutral in 2030, and uh, for that, uh, even though we haven't started uh, yet being green capital, we have focused our candidacy in some in some facts, uh, both previous and current. So, because uh, uh, we have mentioned before the transformation of the old bed, old river bed, into a linear park. Uh, now, uh, as far as I know, it's the, le- the longest uh, linear parking in Europe, with 12 kilometers, uh, so it's uh, very nice, and so it's one of the main assets of the city, and current, because we have turned some squares into pedestrian that uh, used to be roundabouts for cars and, and buses, and now it's more uh, so uh, uh, charmful for uh, being there, have a walk, or for pedestrians, much better
0: yeah very nice. Can you talk uh, Vladimir a little bit more about what have been some of those decisions that or like those things that you just had to do because mm. you were the European green capital? What were those actions?
2: Well, I think um uh, there, 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 are, there there are two types of decisions. One of them are uh, aimed at uh, directly cutting the carbon footprint. Uh, for example, the decisions to invest in public transport and to start this, uh, you know, hard, uh, um, hard walk from uh, diesel and, and gas uh, to uh, carbon-neutral uh, ways of transport. That we are and we are now in the process of signing our first contract for the electric buses uh, to come into the streets. Uh, the decision to uh, start creating new tram lines. And one of them is now being built in the center of the city. Um, The decision of uh, banning one time uh, cutlery uh, on big events and replacing it with uh, reusables, uh, which is now a big, um, it has been a big decision that created a lot of controversy, Um, big investments in, also, bicycle infrastructure and uh, renewing our street and uh, widening um, uh, the possibilities of uh, uh, mobility for um, the uh, for people who move on foot, uh, for people who cycle, um, and um, squeezing the car space, especially in the city center. Uh, these decisions that uh, I think are now being made by all of the cities um they are always uh, nice to present uh, at a conference or in an interview but uh, politically usually they are very hard to uh to drag through and uh, uh, these are these were the ones that we have to make and we have what is waiting I think one of the big topics is the topic of renovation, which is the one of the biggest problems in Tallinn, in Estonia and Eastern Europe, because we have this kind of a lot of Soviet time housing that is very ineffective and needs to be reconstructed. And also um, one of the big things that we have done is that uh, now we are creating a new um, private venture together with the company responsible for the district heating and cooling in Tallinn in order to develop this whole uh, energy system and not only provide the usual service, but also to start producing energy from wastewater and from seawater with uh, this kind of, well, for us, it's like cutting edge uh, technologies, but these technologies are actually widely used in several cities and countries of, of Europe. The problem is that for a small country like Estonia, this all requires a big amount of investments. But that's one thing, that's all the usual suspects that you you have to go through when you are trying to cut your emissions. Uh, The other uh, decisions that were made are connected to the uh, strategical way of how we see the city uh, with the new strategy that we have adopted uh, with the um, reforming of the city government by creating a holistic approach. um, We call it with the strategy center, which is like a body higher than any city department that is responsible for uh, overseeing how the city is moving towards fulfilling the strategy 2035 that we have. So it's also about how the city functions as a system. And uh, I would say that the 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 latter one is even maybe harder than the, the first, de- <laughs> yeah. some certain decisions, some certain investments. Yeah, by the way, we have a, We are testing a pilot of wave energy converter from
1: getting to get energy from the waves of the sea of the Mediterranean Sea. Mm. In Valencia, in in Macha project, we have uh, carried out an action related to that. If we talk about controversial or difficult decisions, Mm. uh, I think that most of them are related to mobility because if we talk about energy, so who is going to be against uh, installing a PV uh, plant in uh, municipal buildings? nobody. <laughs> so it's uh, their decisions, easy to be taken. But if we talk about mobility, some actions, some decisions uh, could be controversial. For example, we have a challenge for this year. It's the implementation of the low emission areas that uh, cities in Europe for, with more than uh, 50,000 inhabitants, uh, has, um, it's mandatory for us to implement this area. And we know that it will be difficult because if you had a, an old car, you will have restrictions to access the old town. And most of the times the owners of older cars are people with low, lower incomes. So you are in a way punishing people with lower incomes and making it easier for people with higher incomes. So it's in a way, I don't know if it's fair or not, but if we want to take care of the environment, we have to take decisions like this.
2: Uh, I, I, I would just like to continue this uh, topic that um, it's, I think it's um, you know, mathematically uh, not that hard to understand what steps do you need to do if you want to make a green transition in terms of uh, cutting the uh, carbon footprint. What is really a challenge is how to make this transition a just transition. Mm-hmm. Where not only wealthy, healthy, um, successful people who um, you know go on conferences and travel a lot uh, and see the world would be on board with the changes that you have, but also people who are living from salary to salary, who are looking at their bills and asking themselves, why should we invest this all money to you know to to wind parks? Why should we invest the money? Uh, into rebuilding streets? Why should we invest money to electric buses? Especially when we saw last year that there is also the problem of resilience, where you might have problems with electricity. Why should we do that? Uh, I think the biggest challenge is to have those people on board, is to have them involved and, you know, is not to lose these people to to the problems that they have in a daily life. And this is, this is now uh, a task that is hard to fulfill using the excel uh, here you have to go to the level of people and sometimes you may need more sophisticated uh, decisions you need to um to create some kind of tailor tailor-made uh, tailor-made solutions in order to move forward but not, not to leave you know these kind of people behind and the very problem uh, my colleague just you know pointed out about uh, Uh, worst cars and older cars, polluting cars uh, being uh, usually a problem for um, the poorer people. It is also the reality in in Tallinn. And I think if we talk about low emission zones and we'll start talking about it soon, um, we know that people in the city center, they will say, well, that's not a big problem for us. (laughs) But people who go to work in the city center, Will say like, "Wow, are you are you crazy? What are you doing?" And well, I, I, I think in the end, every change where you have to deal with people's habits is the is is the most important, but also the the hardest one, because you know, investing money, buying buses, it's not rocket science in in the end. Yeah, and the, in our case, uh, talking about
1: the fair transition. Uh, we are. We have some projects related to energy poverty, because uh, for us uh, it has been a priority to well to make lives uh, easier for these people that are uh, especially vulnerable. And uh, for that, we have created some some energy offices in which uh, they are provided with uh, advice. But not only that, because uh, people uh, in risk of exclusion, uh, they they uh, they could uh, be. Uh, supported by the municipality for uh, these energy poverty issues. We are carrying out some projects related to that because it has been a priority. And uh, one of them is the are the energy communities that uh, we are trying to, to develop in the city. And part of the energy that could come from these uh, communities could go for these uh, people in risk of exclusion. Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, very interesting conversation. Thank you so much. Um, and can you share, Vladimir, maybe a little bit, um, uh, maybe a few learnings for him, uh, for Ernesto to take with him from yes, the Green please. Capital?
2: <laughs> I'm eager to... I'm, you know, too humbled uh, because I think that actually we uh, as a city uh, must learn from Valencia uh, on uh, on how to do a lot of things, and this is why we are also discussing a big visit by the Italian delegation to Valencia to, to learn. So it is it is um, it is hard to uh, hard to give some kind of advice. Maybe what I can say is that um, I think again it's true for any city uh, when you work in the environment you are used to on a daily basis. I think um, you uh, start to underestimate the, um, the achievements that you have made. And um, uh, I think uh, it is important to think, I think it's important to think, um, I see that it's very important um, to um, have people who are, you know, living in the city on a daily basis, also actually understanding how unique is the environment they are, and what a great job has been done during the past years, um, and we don't know how to do that because we struggle with the same problem. Marketing. Well, <laughs> it's it's about marketing. It's about involvement. It's about you know uh, I would say even sharing responsibility and uh, empowering people. But I can't say that we have a good advice and uh, a solution to all the problems. But I see that we have the same challenges we can uh, (laughs) learn from uh, together. Yeah, it will be a
1: bi-directional learning process. Uh, Because uh, for us, uh, it has been an opportunity to compile all the things that we are doing and we have done in the past and uh, have this compilation of things uh, that uh, are doing uh, our city greener. It has been a really good exercise. So, for example, as I have said before, uh, having previous transformations and the current transformation is is a good thing, this list of projects, because we are, um, uh, as all the cities we are unique, as uh, Vladimir has said, Uh, we have in our township three natural parks. The main one is the Albufera lake, it's a nice landscape that, is, that belongs to the municipality of Valencia with a rice cultivation area. So it's a very oh, wow. special uh, area and a landscape that, that is vulnerable. And we have to take care especially uh, of it. Apart from that, the, the city is surrounded by uh, agricultural areas with a, because we have a very really rich soil. Uh, our vegetables are really uh, good. So Mediterranean uh, diet is part uh, because of this uh, richness of, of uh, vegetables and, and, and other products uh, from, from these agricultural areas. Uh, and one of the, the goals and, and the things that we have tried to have in, in our city is uh, to have uh, most of the population, uh, by 90% of the population, with a green area in, uh, in not more than 300 uh, meters so walking distance you should have a, a green area if not we have to do uh, something uh,
2: so as to create one mm.
0: really really nice examples
2: but you know i think i i i may uh, may have come up with one idea that i can uh, suggest you to learn from as a green capital you will be having a lot of events uh, that will attract people from all over Europe and and maybe even wider. And a lot of them will be coming to Valencia. And uh, I think that what you could do is that you could try to understand uh, as precisely as it is possible. What knowledge do you need? What expertise from abroad do you need? Because all the events he will be making throughout the green capital would be, you know, the perfect opportunity to get all these people in one place and to get to know what you actually want. I think that um, um, usually we sort of underuse this kind of possibilities and we focus on the topics of the events, rather than to focus on people that we are attracting to our cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this is the I think if we would be doing the same thing uh, for the second time, uh, then uh, I would think through like, uh, what do we want to get from this person? What do we want to learn? And then we would um, maybe design the process a little bit different so that we would, you know, drag more from the people that that come to the events of the green capital. You mean that it's better? Not to show only to show off. Oh, so good. Uh, <laughs> have a look at this. Uh,
1: exactly. We are, we are so good, but taking the knowledge from people coming, so it's a very interesting point. Yeah, exactly. maybe
0: maybe identifying exact needs that you have, maybe capacity gaps that you mm-hmm. have within Valencia, um, and of course, Ernesto, you know you can talk to Babo, and we we can help you connect with the with yeah. the right people to to attract those people to come. Um, if you say, okay, we really need more knowledge in I say AI because I know you're starting an AI project coming up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, for in that example, and then finding the specialists to come and really uh, visit during those events. yeah, I think that's a good idea. In fact, oh.
1: uh, so we are quite used to working networks because uh, this knowledge knowledge experience is, uh, uh, up to now has worked for us. It's really good. And one of the best examples is the the Resi, the Spanish network of smart city in which we are collaborating with uh, more than 140 cities, uh, sharing knowledge and uh, so solving doubts. And uh, it's um, for us, it's a very good example. We are in, in other groups. For example, we were involved in, in another group for uh, city platforms. We are coordinating a group uh, at the United Nations level from ITU uh, for, for city platforms, eu for sec and we are working in different uh, forums in which, uh, obviously, we, we are trying to absorb the knowledge from, from all the cities, lessons learned, failures. And uh, so for us, it is really important. So I, I will take notes of these suggestions that uh, it's very, very valuable.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, and, and with that, I would like to give you the opportunity to now talk about anything that we didn't yet talk about. i like to give an open floor now to say, okay, this is a topic that the listeners definitely have to know about. Do either of you have something in mind that you really want to get out there?
1: Well, as you have uh, introduced this concept of artificial intelligence, and now everybody's talking about that, um, going on with this uh, uh, fairness we are trying to to make it fair, uh, more fair the the, the artificial intelligence uh, uh, concept mm-hmm. with a project in which we are involved we Valencia are the the sea of the, one of the C, three supernodes nodes for artificial intelligence for smart city in Europe one will be in Copenhagen another in Brussels and the south one will be in Valencia. And uh, we will offer uh, a portfolio of services, not only for our uh, local ecosystem, but for other uh, cities and even countries. And uh, with this, we are trying to control in a way this uh, this amazing concept of uh, artificial intelligence uh, to have it con- under control, because if not, so it will be out of our hands
0: really interesting topic to be exploring right now definitely (laughs) trending are you exploring similar topics i know uh um in estonia you you're very i guess on the forefront of cutting edge technologies these days i know you have green tech week coming up for example i I believe that's what it's called yeah yeah Uh, and these types of things are you exploring those topics as well
2: yes well i i cannot say that we have uh, a lot uh, going on with the artificial intelligence just because this R&D requires, you know, a lot of uh, capacity and uh, uh, a lot of money as well. So we are actually looking forward to the developments that will happen with uh, Valencia, Brussels and Copenhagen to to use the tools and to learn from them. Uh, I mean, the problem with Tallinn being a digital city is that it doesn't seem uh, very special to us anymore and um we understand that some of the services that we have they may seem somewhat unique from the perspective of other of other cities but they are not something that surprises our own citizens this is why we are not maybe very you know talking a lot about them one of the uh, maybe examples of what we are doing now that i can um bring is uh, the um uh, uh so we are creating Um, A planning tool um, that uh, uh, allows you not just to recreate the current environment in a city uh, in virtual reality but also to um, use this for um, imagination of how the city uh, or one or other place would look like with different uh, developments, different buildings, like digital twins. Yeah, digital twins, simulation with digital twins. It's another concept
1: in which we are working with now.
2: And um, what we see here that it's not only about the buildings themselves, because again, this is not something, um, not something special in this way, but uh, it is also, for example, about uh, the type of the tree that you choose to plant on a street and you can see um, approximately what will this tree look like in in five years, in ten years, how much shade will it produce, how will it influence the uh, temperature on the street, uh, how much money you will have to put into maintenance and uh, stuff like that. So this is where uh, we are trying to move with the the planning process. And I think the uh, aspect of gamification is also important here. It's not only a tool for, you know, architects and and urbanists who know what they're doing, but it's also uh, a tool for citizens to wander around, to look uh, at their city from different perspectives and to maybe play a little bit. And um, what we are now planning to do with a, a big road that is going to be reconstructed, I would say, into a street in Tallinn, is that we are planning to use um, an application uh, called Urbanist AI. Oh, so we have AI. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, it is again, it is a tool and actually a workshop, uh, which is this kind of, um, maybe a little bit different means of participation in comparison with what we are are used to, that allows people to actually um, co-create how uh, one or other place in the city could look like and actually see the picture immediately and then not just tell the um, decision makers that we want a bicycle lane, we want a tree, we want a playground, but to show that we want a street like this. And uh, I hope that this will also um, sort of put people to think about the city in different perspective that they do now. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Did you also have something to share for the open floor or you want to move on?
2: I think we can move on because I mean, a lot of a lot of things were said.
0: (laughs) Okay, perfect. We covered a lot of ground then. Um, So now we get to move on to our fun segment. Um, And this is a new segment for us called What Would You Do? What would you do? What would you do in the shoes of someone else? What would be the first actions you would take? And so I want to take a little bit different perspective on this and ask you, what would you do differently 20 years ago, if you could go back in time to yourself 20 years ago? Like, what would you do differently with the knowledge that you now have?
1: So obviously, when you are working in the IT sector, so the progress of the technology in 20 years, (laughs) you can imagine that it it has been amazing. So uh, if we... with experience, uh, yes, I, I would apply part of my ex- acquired experience. But with the current means, it would be really good to have been 20 years ago. Uh, but uh, well, I think that uh, uh, life experience—it uh, has been really amazing. Obviously, in 20 years, lots of things happen in our lives. Obviously. And uh, so I I don't know if I would change uh, a lot of things because uh, so life is in that way. Life is (laughs) so sometimes difficult, but uh, so maybe I could uh, fine tune some things, but not
2: drastical changes. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
2: in our case, I think that, um, it is important to explain maybe two things. Um, 20 years ago, we were a sort of a starting democracy that just came out of the communist regime. And um, in comparison to today, uh, the city owned much more land and property. And it was at that time seen as a burden for the budget and the city have sold a lot of land. And uh, if, I mean, if we could go back in time, then I think that that would be the decision uh, that uh, we should have to make that we cannot get rid of too much of the public land because today we see that land shortage for the city is one of the biggest challenges in you know solving all of these problems that we have today. So this is definitely um, a step I would take. And another thing um, coming out uh, from this kind of um, uh, like Soviet environment, we know that uh, Uh, 20 years ago, less people had private cars than uh, we have today. And now we are basically struggling uh, to get back to where we were with the numbers of cars then. So I think that uh, what we would do, um, I mean, now in Thailand, we have free public transport for the city residents. I think that, and we introduced that 10 years ago, the right thing in an ideal world, would be to do that twenty years ago when mm-hmm. there were not so much cars, and try to create the the simplest public transport infrastructure um, that is something you know like air today. But uh, twenty years ago, uh, I think there were no or almost no bus lanes in Tallinn, for example. So I would do everything in order to. Avoid this kind of growing of uh, the number of cars with even stronger promoting of uh, the public transport in the city.
1: So I focused uh, this in my uh, uh, partial perspective of. Uh, but if I talk about uh, the city perspective, so in last twenty years, I think that. Uh, a lot of things uh, have been correct, right, and others uh, maybe not so uh, convenient. But generally speaking, I think that uh, no huge mistakes have been uh, done from the previous government and the previous of the previous. So uh, some years ago, uh, we focused on our activity in, uh, in big events. For example, we have America's Cup but uh, some people were against uh, bringing this uh, kind of events. At the end, they have had, they have had a, a good impact on the city because we've recovered the, the port area uh, for the citizenship and it has been good. And the uh, Formula One Grand Prix, uh, so huge events. But uh, so then it changed the, in a way the model of city, but uh, everything that has had a, at the end a good outcome, so uh, I, I I wouldn't change a lot of things to be honest.
0: Yeah, then then you end up. Uh, what what is oh, the butterfly effect, right? If you could go back and change things, then uh, a lot of un um un, unknown consequences. unknown consequences happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, good. So last question. And it's the question we ask every single guest. It's to you. What is a smart city?
1: Oh well. Uh, uh, as the smart city officer,
0: <laughs> I think that... <laughs> you I, can start. <laughs> I say.
1: So um, it's a, a city, there are a lot of definitions. I have presented yeah. uh, lots of them in different uh, in different conferences. But uh, uh, so for me, is uh, uh, a city, sustainable city, in which we apply the technology with the goal of uh, improving the quality of life of the citizenship. Because at the end, uh, the, te- the technology is not an, o- an objective. Mm-hmm. It's a tool yeah. for achieving a, a, a more ambitious goal.
0: Absolutely. Mm. Have a different perspective?
2: Oh, well, I, I, can, I can just agree and say that smart city is not a stupid city. <laughs> 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 but yes. I, I think this very idea that technology is not an aim, it's uh, like means of uh, reaching some kind of aims and the aim uh, is happiness of the citizens. It is the, I mean, that's the ground for all this.
0: Perfect. So I have many thanks to give now. So uh, first, thank you to Urban Future and Resi um, for yeah participating in this episode, really for uh, facilitating this episode. And of course, huge thanks to our guests um, from the respective cities, of course, of Tallinn and Valencia as well, um, for such a interesting and insightful episode.
2: Thank you very much. You're welcome and thank you for inviting us. Thank you and see you in Tallinn for the Green Tech Week in November. See you there. <laughs> sure.
0: And to all of our listeners, uh, don't forget, you can always create a free account on babble-smartcities.eu to find out more about smart city projects, solutions, implementations, all these cool things happening. Um, And with that, thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you at the next stop on the journey to a better urban life.